Did you know that every major diaper company either financially or vocally supports abortion? If that appalls you and you're looking to support a baby brand that aligns with your pro-life, pro-family views, then every life is your solution. Every life firmly believes that regardless of where someone is from, what they look like, or whether they were planned or unplanned, every baby is a miracle from God worthy of love, protection, and celebration. Every Life offers high-performing, supremely soft, premium diapers and wipes delivered right to your doorstep. Their diapers are crafted without fragrances, dyes, lotions, latex, parabens, or phthalates. And you can feel good knowing that every purchase with Every Life contributes to changing lives through their support of pro-life organizations and pregnancy resource centers. Every Life is not just changing diapers, they're changing lives. Visit everylife.com to learn more. That's everylife.com. And don't forget to use promo code Duffy10 for an exclusive 10% discount on your first order today. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to The Kitchen Table. I'm Sean Duffy, along with my co-host of the podcast, my partner in life. She's also my wife, Rachel Campos-Duffy. All right, Sean. So it's been a big week on a lot of levels, and we have a lot of topics to talk about. We're going to talk about Meghan and Harry getting caught lying about stealing the Queen's beloved warm, cuddly nickname so for their child. About that. That's be a lot of I fun. know. Um, we're going to talk about something that's happening to the middle class um, and another way that the Biden administration is trying to punish middle-class families who have kids. It's a, a stunning story. Um, we're going to talk about EVs um, and not, more lies from the Biden administration that, you know, these EVs are going to work. Um, so you've seen the weather. Um, but before we get to that, it's been a big week in sports. And normally we don't talk about sports. I'm, so I'm going to take a pause there. Rachel is saying it's been a big week in sports. <laughs> that's a headline. And that's a Fox headline. News alert. <laughs> I'm gonna, I want to talk about what happened with the Packer-Dallas game, what happened on the couch. But I want you to warn everybody, this is going to take a philosophical turn that is very interesting, uh, that I hadn't thought about, that somebody... A philosopher. A philosopher, if you will, by the, names of, by the name of Alex Jones has thought about regarding this. And we're going to get, we're going to, get to that because I think this goes from the superficial to the very deep. Um, so here's what happened. You know, I don't know anything about sports, Sean. You know that. I'm, I don't really enjoy it. Um, I'll be honest. I, I don't that. even like watching my own kids play sports. I don't like sports. So if you watch Fox and Friends, you see Rachel like completely zones out when Will and Pete talk sports. Yeah. Um, sports I guests are glassy eyes. She's like, blah, 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 blah. I just like sit there going, okay. I, I, you know what I actually think about? I think about did I tell them to empty the dishwasher? Did, did Sean take out the meat so I can make dinner tonight? Like, that's what happens to me when um, when they start talking about sports. But I thought, you know, it was a big game. Will's been pumping up that the Cowboys were going to win. He's a so massive so, Cowboy so take, fan. So, wait, so take a step back. This was going to be uh, Rachel's Green Bay Packers are going to play uh, the Dallas Cowboys uh, in the playoffs. It's going to be in Dallas. Uh, the Cowboys are favored to win, and this game is on Sunday night. And uh, so on Sunday morning, well, Rachel on, knows it's going to be they a They were already pumping it up on Saturday, Sean. So right. Saturday night, you and, you came up with the idea. You said, you know what, Rachel, you should get some points. to so, like. You should be able to just, you know it's going to come up tomorrow. And Instead of to going go, glassy-eyed, why don't you come up with some points? So I go, call, call the expert. 
Bobby Call, called Bobby Burek. So Bobby um, works at Outkick. He's a great guy. We've Sports become writer. friends. He was my secret. Um, uh, uh, what do you guys call it? It's not flag football. Fantasy football. I only said flag football. We had, a fa- we had a fantasy football league at Fox and Friends last year, and he was like my secret person helping me, which I did pretty well on fantasy football league because of Bobby. So I called Bobby, and um, and then he texted me a bunch of stuff, and it was too long and crazy. I couldn't understand. It was like reading Chinese. So I said, can you just simplify it so I can actually Sick. deliver this and just kind of wow my my co-host on Sunday. So here's how it went. Did this start you up? Are you looking at the field and going, I can't wait for this game to start where well, you're yeah. going to lose to the Packers? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I'm ready. I'm ready. You know that the Cowboys... Yeah, there's a Sunday are- night game. Rams-Lions. Rams-Lions tonight. Corrected. The Cowboys, Live on air. <laughs> the Cowboys are just like Pete's Vikings. They're, in the end, they're just chokers. And you know that. Well, you know that. It's like she's been taking lessons from the first guest of the Will Kane show, which launches tomorrow. Uh, as you know, the Will Kane podcast has been three times a week. I'm going five days a week, four days a week, streaming live at foxnews.com and on Fox News' YouTube. There's a list of who's coming up this week. And as I mentioned, that first guest for Monday is going to be there, rain or shine, um, to gloat mm-hmm. or to have to face me after a Dallas Cowboys win or loss. He's made his career on it. And I see Rachel is ready to blaze that same path yeah well you know no i doubt. just i just don't trust Dak. it's just too many interceptions did you look down at your notes before you said that <laughs> you look down at your notes and then turned to me and goes and you she went like this she looked at her notepad and goes i just don't trust Dak. <laughs> too many interceptions. she did her homework she did her homework let me see that note card let me see that note card what else you got there that's uh, what can go wrong <laughs> will go wrong what did sean duffy have to say Oh, it's not, it's not, oh no, I went to a higher source. I'll reveal the source, but Mike McCarthy <laughs> struggles with clock management. <laughs> <laughs> All right, for further analysis, let's bring in our daughter, Evita Duffy Alfonso. Evita, welcome back to the kitchen table, your kitchen, your table. Thanks for welcome. Me. It's good to have you. Um, Okay. I have my own thoughts of what happened here with, you know, Rachel's conversation on the couch and, 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 and the way that Will was actually responding to her was fascinating, but you can go first, Rachel. No, I mean, I said it all there. Okay. I don't have much more to say on football. That's about it. That's all I got. So first of all, Rachel tries to engage Will um, by making some comments about the game. And Will completely like brushes her aside. He's like, I'm going to pitch my podcast right now. I don't want to hear from you, Rachel. And he goes through his podcast and his guests. Um, That's true. That's a good observation. And then, you know. He is a master marketer, Will. He's very good. But I I try to learn from him. I'm so bad at it compared to him. But it was such a fun segment after that because you start throwing these things out. And Will's got your back. I know, when Pete's got your back, um, like, yeah, that's true. He does throw interceptions. Oh, yeah, no, Mike McCarthy does have issues with clock management and uh, <laughs> really fun. But I, what I found interesting was not just that segment, but because of that segment, you were then invested in the game. Right. And so we, we take my son to hockey. Um, JP, my, my, my son mm-hmm. and my, my other son and I rush home to get back for the start of the game. And Rachel's in the kitchen cooking. No, she's upstairs on the phone, actually. She's on the phone talking, talking to my, my mom. mom. 
It's always a good guess. It's and when she comes downstairs, she can hear that because uh, it was it was a great Packer uh, night. But we're JP, JP, my son and I are hooting and hollering and cheering. It's like, what, what's going on? Are we winning? <laughs> so she didn't suddenly really, I care. <laughs> she didn't really want to watch the game. She just wanted to know if uh, if the Green Bay Packers were winning, not because she cared about Green Bay so much as she cared about beating Will. Um, and then when uh, when when there were a couple of interceptions thrown by no, Dallas, no, no, they were creaming the. That's true. And so then it, it got so exciting. And so what I started doing was, we have a group text, uh, you know, Pete and Will and I, and I and and I included Bobby in it, and I started um, <clears throat> trash talking. Right. But, and I don't know all the etiquette, but apparently I crossed the line because I started calling them the cowgirls and I started like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I started like saying, you know, mean things about the cowboys and, and really just digging it in. And at first everyone thought it was funny. And then I guess I reached a point where it, it stopped being fun. And, and, and the weird thing was Will wasn't responding at all. And then Pete started like taking the side of Will and then. And then it just got to the point where I, at some point after I was having so much fun hazing him, and then I realized I, I crossed the line. Well, that, that Will was taking this game very seriously. Rachel was not. And the, and the, and the hazing, um, uh, Will did not think was funny. And so much so that Pete had to step in and go, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. You don't do this, Rachel, but the man is down. You don't kick a man when he's down. Leave him alone. Yeah. Enough. You're winning. But then Bobby came in on the text chain to go, Rachel, don't be bullied by them. They're trying to turn you into a silent fan. It was really a lot of fun. But the thing that was so interesting in the text chain was Will would eventually started commenting he was not having fun. He did not take this as a joke. This was not fun for him. He was also he was going to have Stephen A. Smith the next day on his show. Um, who who loves hating on the Cowboys. So now he had me and Stephen A. Smith the next day to look forward to. So it was not going well for him. Like Rachel and Stephen A. Smith together, trash talking on sports, Will Kane, all really great. All really great. So Evita's not a big sports fan herself. However, later in the week, she texts me this. I'm going to read it, Evita, and I, I, I thought it was interesting. So this is... So the first thing that happened was somebody had posted um, a picture, a, a video of the the Buffalo Bills game was later in the week and mm -hmm. it had already been canceled and now rescheduled and the, the snow was so high. They basically said there are no assigned seats. If you're willing to come out here, just take whatever seat you can trudge through the snow because they didn't even want to have to shovel out everyone's seat. So it's like you just kind of do your own thing. Take a seat. So they showed all these die hard, I mean, hardy men just trouncing through the snow to get a seat to watch this game. And it was sort of like, hoorah! And then Alex Jones commented on that. Here's what it said. This is Alex Jones' response to that tweet. Bread and circuses is how the Romans controlled their population. The average man does not care that his nation is being destroyed because all his competitive instincts are focused on ritualized combat. They will freeze their asses off, sitting in the cold, to feel like they are part of something, all the while the real world passes them by. Western man, you are being conquered. Wake up. 
on another note, look how bad the global warming is. Okay, so that's that's, that's Alex Jones. Evita, you sent it to me. What's your thoughts on that? Well, first I'll say that that segment with Will and Pete was the best TV I've ever watched. <laughs> and, the, and Bobby Burbeck had an awesome like uh, article doing an analysis of it all. And I, it was like one of the, I said it was probably one of the best articles I've ever read. It was so fun. Um, and I'm not a sports fan, but the trash talk between you and Will and Pete got me excited about the sports. And so I kind of had like a little taste of maybe <laughs> what sports fans feel about football because I'm, yeah. I'm not somebody about it but i kind of i think we both kind of me living vicariously through you and then you yourself kind of got a taste of what it feels like to really care about who wins some stupid football game on a sunday um yeah. I'm not. I'm not a sports fan. I, but like meanwhile, if you know, every Packer fan and Cowboy fan is dying that you just said the same thing. I'm thinking, which some stupid game on a Sunday. <laughs> but anyway, go ahead. Well, I'm sorry. I I own it. I don't like it. But I also don't like it for the reasons that Alex Jones laid out just there. I thought that was so apt. That imagine if all of the men who put all of their time and energy into caring about football and what some players who they don't even know or really care about um, do on a field for, I don't know, however long a football game is, once a week. Imagine if all that time and energy spent uh, on that game was spent caring about what's happening in the world, right? What's happening to, 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 to your schools? What's happening at the border? What's happening to our economy? What's happening to our election integrity? Like, imagine if the men and the masculine energy that they pour into organized sports went into things that really mattered. I mean, the, the, the things that Democrats are doing to us in our country right now, um, let's just talk about the border, for instance. I mean, they're kicking American kids out of schools in New York City to house legal migrants. They have shut down learning in New York in certain areas to house migrants, to house illegals. That's not America first. They don't care about the American kids who are being kicked out. Um, imagine if the men in our country cared as much about that as they do about football on Sundays. I mean, we would have a different country. It would be a different country. And I, I, I think maybe, maybe it's a sign, maybe it's a wake up call that this Alex Jones tweet that's gotten a lot of traction for, for young men to say, Hey, I'm just, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start to pour my energy into stuff that really matters um, and not take the side up. I think that they like us to be listening to football. I don't know, dad, what are, what are your thoughts? Because I know that you, you like football more than me. <laughs> so I'm going to disagree with the, the both of you. Okay. This is not mutually, mutually exclusive. You can, love football, you can love sports, and you can still love your country. You can be a man who's like, you know, go pack, go, you know, and you can go out in your t-shirt in, you know, zero degree weather, you know, with your cheese wedge on your head um, and express your masculinity and still care about the country, right? That, that has happened for a very long time that men have loved sports and men have loved their country. I, I think, um, maybe, and maybe to, 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 to your point, Tavita, what's happened in recent days is it's not just professional sports. It's like parents, men have be, become consumed with their kids' sports. Where I remember back in the day, you might get a couple parents that came to a practice every now and again, and usually they'd come to a game, but not always. Like now, it's like it's re religion. You have to go to practices and games, and like the, the yeah. parents are so involved. They'll in the miss sports. church to go to do that. And so they're living. They're living in, you know, in sports through their kids. And so it's, it's, I think that's been ramped up recently. But I think you're, it's, it's great for men to express their masculinity. And I love that they do it in sports. 
good for them, you know, trudging through the snow um, to get a seat uh, to watch Buffalo play. Great. But I think the other side of that is we should also care about the direction of this country. And I think it's going to take it's going to take men and women. But um, so often, I think men have taken a back seat. Right. They let the woke women, you know, with uh, pink hats on. I'm not going to use the name of what to call, but the, the pink hats on and the, the, the little socialist commies kind of control the day. And I do think men have to step up and be better leaders um, about where this country needs to go. Again, they want to support democracy. They want to support elections. Um, they want to support free speech. They want to support gun ownership. And it's men who have to, to lead like they do uh, as sports fans. But we can't say because of football, no, they're I don't not think masculine that's what she's and saying. leading I think um, what she's the saying, country. I think what she's saying, and Avita, correct me well, if I'm wrong. I think we're saying they get their masculine, they, they scratch the masculine itch with football. And they're not using it where it could be a benefit. And I don't know. That's a little bit of what we're saying, but not all of it. I think what Alex Jones's statement on Twitter is referring to is this moment. So yeah, you're like, people have always cared about their country and love sports, but we're at a crossroads and mm. I am not being, I, I am not exaggerating. I mean, I've, you know, listen, we've been in politics a long time. We've heard people, this is the most important election. I am telling you that I believe this moment we're in is truly existential. That if Donald Trump does not win or or worse if he is prevented from even from winning because he's not on the ballot because they have weaponized our government against him and they continue as they did last time but now in a more open way taking away the right to vote for who you want to vote for um which is the only thing you got i mean you can be poor and that's the one thing you have that's free. That's your right from God um, is to vote for whoever you want to vote for. They are trying to tell you you can't vote for that person. Um, and they are literally taking him off of the ballot. They are literally not allowing him to campaign because every two days he has to end up in some courtroom. You saw him coming out of the courtroom the other day after the Iowa caucus. He had to run back for another trial from some woman who came out of the woodworks who now says that he, you know, who said that he, 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 he sexually harassed her. He's got, he's got these cases all over the place. And he looked, he looked pretty worn down and the press caught it. Uh, now he's not as, as, he's not in a state of dementia like, like Joe Biden, but, um, Donald Trump's schedule, even without court cases, would wear me down. And I'm like, what, like, like 30 years younger than him, 20 years younger than him, 30 years younger than him. So I'm just saying that this is an existential moment. And, um, and, and, and we can't be like the Romans at the end of the empire who are distracted by the circuses that, you know, the emperor is putting on so they don't pay attention to what's actually happening. Um, to them and their way of life. And I think that's the moment we're in. And I think what's happening, it's interesting that as we talk about this, at this very moment, the World Economic Forum is meeting Sean. Yeah. And you know, they have a different world planned for us. They have a digital plant, uh, prison that they are trying to put us in. By the way, I, I, interesting thing that I, I, I wanted to note um, to both of you is uh, Vivek Ramaswamy, who very graciously stepped out of the race after he didn't have that 
surprise um, showing that he told us he was going to have. He stepped out and put his support behind Donald Trump. And he was asked by Jesse Waters last night, well, what, you know, what did you and Trump talk about after, you know, before you went on stage together? And he said, listen, um, I don't like to talk politics. I like to talk policy. I talked to him about um, digital currency and CBC. I mean, I talked to him about central bank the currency. central bank digital currency. Um, so I, I think I have so much hope for what could happen because Donald Trump has, I think we're all a little more awake and Donald Trump has a lot more um, people who are on board with him. But we, he, is he going to get over that finish, that, that, that finish line? Um, boy, there's a lot of people trying to stop him. You make me think of a couple uh, things, which is, again, Democrats Democrats who talk about this is a death to democracy. Republicans, Donald Trump, are a threat to democracy. And it's the Democrats in the media who are the very people who say, we don't trust democracy. We don't trust the people to Mm -hmm. pick a candidate that they want. So if we feel like the people are going to go in one direction, say Donald Trump, we have to intervene because they're too stupid to know who is right for them. And I think this only works because of the degradation of the education system in America. We used to have a really well-educated population, um, well-informed, you know, the, 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 whether it was you know, civics, how our government worked, you know, why we have the rights that we have. Our people knew that. If you don't teach it, they don't understand it. And so when these rights go away and they're like, you know, the, the MSNBC, Rachel Maddow should be the one who's choosing for me. And if Donald Trump's a threat to democracy, <laughs> maybe I shouldn't have the right to vote for Donald Trump. And I should be afraid of all those crazy people in Iowa who, by the way, grow all the food that you eat, um, that you get in your grocery stores, comes from Iowa, those hardworking farmers. That, for me, is such a rich um, point that I think more people, more, I, I think 50 years ago, people would be like, this is insane. Like, we're not going to watch this garbage. You're a bunch of commies. They'll turn it off. But today, it works because people aren't well enough informed on, on, the, on the way that, that, that the country works. Vida? I, I want to say about sports that I, I don't, I think that actually playing sports is good. And I get that. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, have, get, being healthy, having a competitive spirit. But having a competitive spirit for a sport that you're playing and that you're a part of and you're on the field or, or you're on the court is different than sitting down and being invested in other people playing a sport. Like there, there is a, there is a difference and there's an unnecessary um, energy being poured into watching other people play sports. Why, why is Will so attached to what the Cowboys do on a Sunday. Well, he is a sports analyst. Let's just, I mean, he's he's more than just, I mean, he he came out of the sports world. He worked for ESPN. So so he's not your average sports, you know, fanatic, I would say. I I mean, there are people that are even more into it than Will is, and they never worked for, you know, a a sports network or cared about sports. The point is that I think you're right. We're in a really, uh, we're in a really important time in history and American history specifically, we're at a crossroads where everything um, that we used to stand for, the principles and values that we had are being torn down. We saw this during COVID. We're seeing it now with the election integrity issues, and they're literally taking the primary GOP presidential nominee off the ballot in certain states. I mean, it's going to have, it's gonna have to go to the Supreme Court, but the point is that it never should have had to get there. Having somebody on the ballot should have been, you know, a given. It's part of our it's part of our democratic republic. And and they're changing that. And this is we need all of the masculine energy um, on these issues. We need it all there. And what's happened is 
um, at the World Economic Forum right now, they're saying that the greatest threat to, to democracies across the world and to any sort of climate crisis that might happen is mis and disinformation. Right. They want to control what we mm. hear um, and see and then yes. ultimately what we yes. think. And they are scaring yes. people into not into not standing up against that that threat posed by the World Economic Forum. So I'm, I'm thinking about yeah. what happened on, on January 6th and the really sincere election integrity issues that that voters brought up. They demonstrated most of them peacefully to say, hey, you know, the Hunter Biden laptop was verified by the FBI and they lied to big tech and media companies to to, uh, you know, tell the American people it was Russian disinformation ahead of the election in favor of Joe Biden. That's election interference on the part of our intelligence agencies. We're going to protest that. This is not tinfoil hat. This is objective truth that there was interference in the last election. People protested it. And what happened is on Janu- post January 6th, they have they punished those who demonstrated severely. They dis- they, they slandered them. Um, they threw them in prison. They're now political prisoners that are still um, being persecuted by by the deep state. And so mm-hmm. it's easier for me to say, you know what, I'm not going to I'm not going to show up and protest and be involved because I'm afraid. And it's much more easy to put all my time and energy into a game on Sunday. But you can't do that. Yeah. It's not the time we can't. You know, Evita, it's so interesting. The, the other thing that uh, that Vivek mentioned to Donald Trump, um, speaking January, he talked about pardoning anyone who was nonviolent um, on January 6th. And he also said he wants Julian Assange um, uh, pardoned, which, again, would be a step forward in um and, and, and he's talking about these, these things on day one. Um, this is a step forward in, in free speech. Here's some hope. Um, because I think all the things that we're talking about and, and all the threats that we're facing to our to our, our elections, to our speech, to our border, all of these things are true. Um, I got a lot of hope this week. So I was on Fox Nation um, doing some of the analysis as the vote was going on and and after the vote. Uh, and I'd never been inside of a caucus before and I'd, I'd never seen it. So I, there I was, I was here in my house, but I was on Fox nation where Pete Hegseth was inside of a caucus and I got to see how that was done. And they had these little tiny little pe- purple pieces of paper and you just write your, who you, who you vote for. And it went into a paper bag and then all of your neighbors that, you know, in your little, in your little precinct separated them into piles and, um, I came out of that and I, I thought, first of all, Donald, uh, in, you know, Donald Trump won 99% of the, of the counties. Right? Well, he won 98 out of 99 and the one he lost, I think he lost by like one vote. He only lost by one vote. So, I mean, clearly when there's no election interference and it's just you writing, you know, I said the winner was Donald Trump in paper ballots because um, I thought it was so amazing. But the other thing that I thought was really gave me so much hope is think about who Iowans are. They are sensible. They're hardy. They went out in that weather and voted. Um, they're also non-confrontational. One thing that you know when you meet Midwesterners, when you live with them, they're not itching for a fight. They're kind of non-confrontational people. And I think that's why in Iowa, you know, they went for Barack Obama. They were like, all right, this guy seems kind of nice. Let's go. Let's give this a try. Um, and, and, and they were told that they were racist if they voted for Donald Trump. In this election, um, they decided they are not going to go Midwest nice. They're not going to, they're not going to play Midwest nice. 
with their vote. You know, they I, said, I don't give a crap what the media or the elites call us. We're voting for Donald Trump. I don't care what my Democrat neighbor down the road thinks. I'm voting for Donald Trump. And it's obvious. I mean, you couldn't hide your vote. I mean, he got 99%. I mean, like it, uh, 99 counties or 98 of the 99 counties. So that to me gave me hope that people are getting over the idea that um, I'm a racist or they're being afraid. They're just going, I got to save my country. And, and, and they're doing it. Do you get that I, sense, I, too? On, on TV, you have left-wing media, though, who are like, these, these people are, truly are racist. And who are they? Where do they come from? What rock did they crawl out from under that they could, they could actually vote for Donald Trump? How, how, how did Donald Trump win um, all of Iowa? They're, I mean, they are truly They had crazy perplexed. theories on MSNBC, so, Sean. Yeah, I want to go back to something that... that yeah, she loves you. <laughs> so, but, 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 um, yeah. Evita was talking about, about the World Economic Forum and the greatest threat is misinformation and disinformation. Mm. And I want to talk about that because you and I had a cup of coffee this morning. And over a cup of coffee, um, you showed me a video of a, a woman who had had a chemical abortion. So I'm preparing for a speech that I'm giving this weekend at the Students for Life uh, conference in Washington, D.C., and, and so and I looked so, at this TikTok video of a woman who had a chemical abortion. And, what, and she, by the way, she's not a, a pro-lifer. This is a, a woman who's like not happy with the experience, but who agnostic. On ag abortion. Agnostic. She's obviously she's and she's had multiple abortions. Horrible experience. Um, the baby came out with a beating heart. But, but here, and my point with that is in her bathroom, they started lying to us on abortion. It's only a clump of cells, right? It's not a baby. That was a lie. The lie that um, the pill doesn't have any um, medical consequences or reproductive consequences for women. The lies are so profound, mm. and I'm, I'm missing a lot of them, but they're so profound, there's so many, they do it with impunity, and they do it because it actually works. And then all the while they say, we have to deal with all of the lies on the right, which by the way, history has treated Republicans or conservatives very well in seeking the truth. Um, and actually, they were right all along. And by the way, if, if a conservative had a theory and they're wrong, they'll admit it and go, you know what? I got that wrong. I'm sorry. I apologize for that. I thought it was this, but it was that. By the way, we can talk about COVID. Ron, Ron DeSantis did that. Ron said, I was wrong to close up, um, take all the advice from the CDC and lock down. I will never do that again. The lab theory, I, I actually have a lot of right? respect that for That was crazy, that. right? No, it came from bats in some cave, right? But the, it didn't come from a lab in Wuhan. All of these lies. And then they have the audacity to never apologize, to never correct the record and just continue online and then saying the threat to the country is Democrat or Republicans and and conservatives. It's it's so outrageous that we have a government that calls us liars when we're telling the truth. Um, that truly is a threat to democracy. It's because no one's held accountable. I mean, and I was really heartened to hear um, Senator um, Rand Paul saying this guy needs to be behind jail. He's talking about Fauci. He needs to be behind bars. He needs to be held accountable. It's not enough to just, you know, hope he gets, you know, that he's discredited in conservative circles. Oh, no. The only thing that will send the message that you cannot fund Frankenstein, dangerous, pandemic-causing research in China, and then lie to the American people when it leaks out that you had anything to do with it, oh, you didn't, did, and, and lie and say it came from a wet market, when you funded it in that lab behind our back through a, a laundering the money through your friend's um, eco-health uh, 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 organization, 
and then get away with it and end up on the covers of Vanity Fair and 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 now probably on God knows how many boards making gazillions more dollars. Um, he was in bed with Farmer the whole time. This is so gross. And and I I mean. Rand Paul's only one senator. I'm sure uh, Ron Johnson's with them. But where are all the other senators? Why isn't he being charged? Um, he has done more to damage this country than any little grandma that they're going after in the FBI over January 6th. I agree. Sorry, I'm getting so heated. No, I, 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 think, I think that's what on. I think they, what's, what's happened, what I'll just say, the MSNBC and CNN interviews were, I thought actually wonderful. I love them. I thought they were great because they exemplified exactly what is wrong with the corporate media and with the elites in our country. They said, oh, why don't why don't Republicans uh, support Nikki Haley and they do support Donald Trump? It's not because Nikki Haley is a warmonger or because she represents the old right and she has nothing to do with the populist Donald Trump uh, America first movement. No, no, it's because Iowaans are white evangelical racists. That, that was her that was her political yeah. analysis. And she's and her job is to is to say, you know, he, let me let me decipher this. Let me help you understand what these voters are thinking. She, it's weaponized ignorance from Joy Reid uh, on MSNBC um, to, yeah. to say that. And what's what's interesting is that's the reason people support Trump. It's because they have yeah. demonized the people from Iowa yes. and called them white evangelical racist yes. that she doesn't understand why they support trump is exactly why they do you know is, 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 if that makes sense it's it's like it was so yes. meta person to that she's like i don't they all they, they're all racist it's like yeah they, they okay, this is another thing that's really interesting if you ask people i love that it's not working though if you it's not working anymore because the islands went ahead and did it and voted for so can I, you i'm gonna bring up a couple points oh go go ahead Avita. i'm sorry I'm just say, if you ask people going. why they support trump Generally, they don't say it's because he supports us on the border crisis or he's going to fix the economy like you get that sometimes what they say generally is he stands up for us because their struggle with the elites in America yeah. is his struggle with the elites in America. And it's very populist. And you'll see it in history with the same thing happened with Andrew Jackson. Um, th this is this is. It was a great interview. I think it showed a lot about what we're dealing with. We'll have more of this conversation after this. Did you know that every major diaper company either financially or vocally supports abortion? If that appalls you and you're looking to support a baby brand that aligns with your pro-life, pro-family views, then every life is your solution. Every life firmly believes that regardless of where someone is from, what they look like, or whether they were planned or unplanned, every baby is a miracle from God worthy of love, protection, and celebration. Every Life offers high-performing, supremely soft, premium diapers and wipes delivered right to your doorstep. Their diapers are crafted without fragrances, dyes, lotions, latex, parabens, or phthalates. And you can feel good knowing that every purchase with Every Life contributes to changing lives through their support of pro-life organizations and pregnancy resource centers. Every Life is not just changing diapers, they're changing lives. Visit everylife.com to learn more. That's everylife.com. And don't forget to use promo code Duffy10 for an exclusive 10% discount on your first order today. Yes, yeah, so okay. I want to bring up a couple of points. So one, uh, MSNBC, uh, MSNBC would not cover Trump's victory speech on Monday night. Okay. Yeah. And CNN cut away from that speech. And um, I think it's interesting because they're afraid to let their viewers actually see Donald Trump and what he has to say, yeah. because when Donald Trump yeah. speaks to people and they hear him, they're like, I know you guys have been demonizing this guy this nonstop, <laughs> but I kind of like what he's saying. I kind of agree with him. 
They can't have their viewers agreeing with Donald Trump, so they have to not air the speech. Now, if you look at conservative media, they're like, I hope Joe Biden does another interview today because his ideas are so bad, so <laughs> radical, and he can't communicate. He's so mentally um, deficient that we're like, we'll, we'll run that all day long. No one's afraid to air what Joe Biden says because he doesn't resonate. His ideas don't resonate with people. But Donald Trump, they have to cancel him because they think he is, he, he is, his words are so powerful and he'll resonate even with the moderates and some of the light Democrats that watch their networks. I want to make that point. Also, you, we're talking about Iowa standing up and saying, we're going to have our voices heard. Mm -hmm. We're not going to cower because you call us racist. Um, yeah. I think it's interesting. And you, you also said, what do we have left? The only thing you have left is your vote. Yeah. And I think the liberals absolutely understand that you have your vote. And that's why they had to work to diminish it. The, the thought that we would have mail-in ballots, that the state would mm. mail a ballot to someone, we don't know who filled it out. They don't have, they don't have to put their, their driver's license number or any voter ID number on their ballot. Whoever gets the ballot, and you might get multiple ballots, you can just fill it out and you can send it back in. And Republicans have kind of played along with this. Uh, and by the way, you can vote for 60 days before an election. As opposed to going, you know what, the most secure way you can have an election to protect every single person's vote is to make sure you have paper ballots. And we've done this before. When I was in Wausau, there was a few times I was going to be gone during the election. And so I would go to the clerk of courts and be like, hey, I'm going to be gone. Could I vote early? And they'd be like, sure. Show me your ID. I'd show it to them and they'd give me a ballot and I'd fill it out, put it in an envelope and pass it over to them. It's really easy to vote early if you're not going to be there on election day. But they've they've packaged this in you guys making people go on election day and filling out a paper ballot. That's voter suppression. Everybody has a right to go vote on election day. Black, yeah. white, brown, gay, straight, tranny, transit, uh, 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 transvestite, transvestite or transgender, transgender. I don't know, whatever. Thank you. You all can go vote. But Everyone they also tried to say you can't. You don't need an ID. They, they also said you don't need an ID. And I saw a video the other day. This guy went into uh, uh, some African American neighborhoods and said, "Hey, do you have an ID?" And they're all like, "Yeah." Do you know how to get an ID? Of course, I know how to get an ID. I have one. It's right here. He. Everybody interviewed had an ID, knew how to get an ID. And when he told them, they said you're you, you can't get an ID. They were like, "That's racist." I'm like, "Yeah, that is in, racist." Well, well, in, in Georgia, when they said this is Jim Crow 2.0, the new yeah. voting laws they put in place, they, Democrats couldn't find anyone that was disenfranchised with new voter laws. And by the way, they're really lenient, way too lenient, you know, for, for my liking. But I bring this up because. This election is a threat to all of the work the left has has done, the, the, the socialists, mm -hmm. the communists, the mm -hmm. globalists, for this transition to take place. And if they don't win, that could roll back their effort, if not just by four years, but by four decades. Um, it could kill it in, its, in, in the cradle. So they can't lose this election, which is why mail-in ballots are so important for them. Not having voter integrity, not guaranteeing mm. one individual one vote, which is why they worked so hard during the pandemic to make sure those rules were set aside and people could all get a ballot in the middle. Isn't and that Wisconsin, what Donald Trump said in his, in his, um, didn't he say, let's go back to paper ballots in his, in if he, his I, I don't know, but he should have. Didn't he say that? So, I thought he said that when he, in his, in his victory speech, he was like paper ballots, paper ballots. In Wisconsin? I mean, 
We have we have a requirement to show voter ID unless you're what's called indefinitely confined, indefinitely confined. So if you're an old person and you're shut in and you can't um, you can't make it to the ballot box because, you know, you're in a wheelchair in the nursing home, you're indefinitely confined and you can do a mail in ballot. Well, yeah. in the liberal counties, what they said is because of COVID, everybody's indefinitely, indefinitely confined and everybody can get a mail-in ballot. And it was complete mayhem um, in in uh, in Dane County, which is Madison, in Milwaukee County, up in, in Green in Bay 2020. in 2020. Yeah. yeah. So this is this is part of their plan. And they want to tell us that you're a racist if you want a paper ballot. Or um, if you don't want Mark Zuckerberg involved in your election. Totally. All right. So. A lot going on. Um, good on Iowa. Um, kind of went off the hook there. You kind of went off. We, it went in. Uh, listen, that's what makes podcasts so great. We don't have we don't have producers in our ear telling us wrap. <laughs> that's what they do to us on Fox Friends. Um, so we're just uh, kind of letting the conversation go where the conversation goes. So here, we're going to take the conversation in a direction that Sean's not excited about. But I actually think again, this is one that seems kind of surfacey um, and trivial, and maybe bred in and and circuses if you will, but actually has this a deeper is, meaning. Speaking of bread and circuses. <laughs> this is bread and Speaking about distractions. No, but this actually goes deep. Because this, <laughs> this actually goes deep. <laughs> this is really deep, everybody. Get ready for it. <laughs> I'm serious. This goes deep. Okay, so let me lay this out for you. When Queen Elizabeth was a little this, this, girl. This is the emasculation of America. We're <laughs> talking about this. And I, okay. I'm like, really? This is our topic right now? We're going to talk about Stop. You're going to, okay, trust, Go me on, trust me right. on this. This goes deep. Okay. I'm ready. Um, it looks surfacey, but it goes deep. Just like this other one did Let's with Alex it. Jones. Let's do it. It's just as crazy as Alex Jones. <laughs> okay. So, um, when, when Queen Elizabeth was a little girl, uh, she, she couldn't say her own name, Elizabeth. And she would say, my name is Lilibet, Lilibet. And so her parents lovingly called her Lilibet. And then when she um, ended up marrying uh, Prince Philip, she, he called her Lilibet. And so nobody ever called her Lilibet except her family, her sort of original little mom and dad. nuclear family. Yep. And, and, and Prince Philip. Of course, everybody else called her queen um, and uh, your highness and, and all that. So um, so that's the story. When there was when Meghan Markle married um, Prince Harry, uh, we all know there was a lot of drama around that. Um, she was she, they, they left. England and moved to California um, where they had their first and then their second child because supposedly, you know, the, the royal family was racist and not treating her well and blah, blah, blah. And all of these interviews had already happened with Oprah, you know, that really damaged the, you know, really hurt the queen as she was in her twilight years, you know, you know, getting, you know, getting closer to death and really feeling the weight of the responsibility of the continuation of the monarchy, which Harry and Meghan damaged and threatened in very personal ways. It's one thing to have the press and a political party attack the monarchy. It's it's much more um, damaging and hurtful when it happens from within your own family. So all of this is in, it happening. And then Meghan Markle gets pregnant with her second child, has the second child, which is a daughter. Mm. And they decide to call the child Lilibet Diana. Lilibet after this very beloved nickname of the Queen Mother and then um, 
uh, Diana, obviously, after Harry's um, mother, who, who, who was killed so tragically and so early. Um, well, it kind of leaked out that um, the Queen was not thrilled about that, that that's a very personal um, but she didn't she didn't say anything herself, but it leaked out somehow that she wasn't thrilled somehow. about the lame the the, 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 the name a bunch of and okay. so Harry and Megan decided to double down on that she gave them her permission um, and blessing to use this name and put that out there in the press and the Daily Mail refuted it and said that's not true and Harry and Meghan never sued the Daily Mail for refuting their claim that indeed um, it had the Queen's blessing. Then the Queen passes on. Um, there's a new book coming out uh, about uh, King Charles and there are little bits leaking out about the book to sort of promote the book. And one of the things that has leaked out um, in this, many say, very well-researched book is that indeed the Queen was upset and that when she found out that they had done it and then lied and said that they had her blessing she said to you know her her closest um people that she's around that help her that she you know the the, the people who serve the queen have served her you know they're like family to them because mm -hmm. they've been with her forever and she said to them um you know i don't own any of this you know all these beautiful things that you see in buckingham palace evita and sean um you know the, the queen gets to enjoy this life of luxury but she doesn't actually own it it belongs to england um it belongs to the nation and so she says you know i well, own kind of from the furniture to the paintings exactly to the, to the they're silverware. there she gets to enjoy it she gets to live in it but it's not actually hers and so she said you know i don't own anything and now they've even taken my name I don't own anything. The only thing I own is my yeah, name. Yeah, the only thing is my, I'm sorry. I don't own anything. The only thing I own is my name. And now they've taken that too. Taken okay, that too. They've, now they've taken that. And that came out in the book. And so it's very sad. No one's refuting it. Now even uh, Harry and Meghan are not refuting it. Um, they're sort of, you know, stewing over at Mo in Montecito. But, sheepishly uh, silent. Sheepishly silent. And I think it just brings up the, 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 you know, the, the, the main topic here, which is why would King Charles, who they believe has a hand in this book, um, why would he do this? And I think it's because the queen felt really angry about the name, but she has been, her, her strategy in dealing with Harry and Meghan has been to appease them, to not not raise their ire. You know how some people say, not keep inflame them. not inflame them, not give them more, more, more reason to get upset and sort of maybe some would say enable. Um, Charles tried that. And now he's at the point um, that he's like enough. And I think he let this out because I think we're reaching the point where he's like, I'm not going to let these two get any closer. I am going to slash their tires before they with impunity slash ours again. And I, the reason I say this gets deep is that ultimately, while this is a royal family, at the heart, this is a family. And every family, whether in their nuclear family or extended family, they deal with certain characters in the family who aren't loyal, who always have a chip on their shoulder, who always have something to complain about, who always want to go around and publicly discredit other members of the family in order to make themselves 
look better or feel better about who they are or how they act or or their state in life. Um, what do you guys think about this? Am I am I reading too deep here, Evita? When I first heard the story, I I, I kind of felt bad for for the little granddaughter because it's it's like you know she was named after her grandmother mm. her mom and her grandmother you know most grandmas would be really honored that their grandchild was named after them and it would be something that's that's kind of sweet and a nice little homage to her and so do i think that the queen is mad at the little granddaughter that she's never really met because she died or she died early on when she was born and also that you know she's lived in california her whole life um no i think I think it just speaks to how broken down that relationship was. Um, Queen Elizabeth, like you said, was very pacifying toward Harry and Meghan, and she um, never disparaged them publicly, and was a, actually never really disparaged anyone publicly. She was she was she right. was a real stateswoman, and. Harry and Meghan, likewise, have not been able to demonize the queen because she's beloved by everyone. Um, Donald Trump loves her. Michelle and Barack Obama love her. They, they couldn't really demonize the queen in the same way that they were able to demonize maybe Prince William or King Charles. Mm. Um, and so they so this is a real blow to the facade that Harry and Meghan have had, that they are actually very cordial with the queen and she's supportive of them. It's actually, you know what? Actually, the queen is, is a person. She's not just a stateswoman. And she was really hurt by the way that Harry and Meghan have have gone nuclear on their family and attacked her family. And I like that you brought up, Mom, that they're, they're, they are a royal family, but they are also just a family. And it's not it's not normal for people to go nuclear and to attack and disparage family members in very personal public ways and still remain cordial with them. And in her, and even though in her life, she, she was, she kept up this facade of, of appeasement. It, it's now come out afterward that it really hurt her. And I hope that Harry and Meghan take that to heart and realize, you know what, actually we had a really negative impact on the queen so much so that she resented that we used our name for their, for, for our daughter. I think they should. I think they she, should. she didn't mind that they used Elizabeth. I think people say if she would have, it would have honored the queen to have named her Elizabeth. Elizabeth. But Lilibet was too personal. And, and, and that was her little thing. But too, but too and personal. it was not appropriate. But so I think can it I get was in here because it was yes, go ahead. For some wisdom. And what, 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 what was that last thing? I'm sorry, Sean. I know you want to say something, but we don't hear what she I just said, I think it was too personal because it was Harry and Meghan. I'm not sure she would have had the same oh, reaction okay. if it had been Kate and William. Kate and William. Interesting. Or maybe if they'd asked. Getting permission. Yeah, Kate and William would never have done it without asking. Would have been, you know, let's talk about it. It could have been an, an honor, um, but you don't ask and you just do it. That's a problem. But um, a, a, a couple thoughts. You told me the story this morning over coffee, Rachel. And I really don't care about the royal family much. If you listen to our podcast, you know that. And it, it, it actually hit me. I was like, that's a really sad story that I don't, that I don't own any. Again, she's, she's got a very privileged life. She's a queen. But none of this is mine, right? I don't own anything in the world. But that, that, the only thing I have is my name. And they took my name. It's one thing to give the name to someone, mm. right? If you go, I'm going to give this, this name that my husband calls me, that my mom and dad call me. And someone asked me in the family lineage that they were going to take it, and I and I gave it to them. That's different than them stealing it from her, right? And that struck me as it's a very human story, I think, which which hit me kind of. Like, I was like, 
drinking my coffee and I almost get a little tear in my eye. I'm like, that's really sad. But the other point I want to make is you're talking about families, right? And they are a family to both of your points, but no family is the royal family, right? So if you have someone in your family that's like, you know, my sister's a jerk and my brother's an ass and you know my parent i hate my parents whatever the whatever the fight is no one really cares right it's an internal you know conflict maybe some aunts and uncles and nieces and, and nieces and nephews might care but no one gives a darn about the squabbles that you have in your family because they have and their so, own squabbles so you can slash you know yeah. you know someone in your family's tires and everyone's like i don't even want to hear i don't even care i don't even know who these people are i don't care about that this is different because everybody cares, right? And so if you want to slash someone's tires, if you want to knife them and you do it, it's going to blast across, you know, all of these newspapers and rags and gossip columns and it becomes far more painful. Um, yeah. And I think that, so yes, this is, this is a family experience, but the, the, but the political, the, but, but the media's interest in this story makes the wounds that are created in the disloyalty in the family that much deeper, that much greater, and I think that much harder to heal. I think that the the other question is, why did Harry do this? And I've seen some- He's a little jackass. Well, I've He's seen, a jerk. No, no. I, well, I've seen some analysis in the British press. And in the British press, some of them said, well, this is a way of disrespecting the queen by calling the child Lilibet, not asking for permission. It's not the formal word. Like I said, I, I think it would have been a, a bigger honor to go, hey, grandma, I love you. Um, I, I'm going to miss you. I want my daughter to live on through you. Can I name her? Can I name her Elizabeth? And I bet the queen would have been honored. Instead, they took this name Lilibet. And I have a theory on this. Um, and I, I, I believe that this was not Harry's idea. I believe this was Megan's idea all the way. Megan has a chip on her shoulder. Now she thinks very much of herself. Oh, um, yes. She thinks she's beautiful. She thinks she's a lot more, a better actress than she is. She thinks she was a lot more famous when she met Harry than she actually was. There's stories that she sort of, you know, acted like uh, and Harry wrote in his book. And I'm sure this was Megan again, you know, creating this narrative that like Kate and William were, you know, starstruck when they met her, which would was BS. I mean, I never even watched Suits. Like, it's like this D D list show show I mean, on flipping some. You know, what was it on? It was D list not, network. I don't even know what network it was. <laughs> it's gotten a resurgence now that she was the princess. But what made her famous, um, truly, you know, a, a, an A lister, and now that's even questionable, was marrying Harry. So there's that. But what people who are deeply insecure and anybody would be insecure. I mean, uh, you know, you could be gorgeous and even from a rich American family and not from a working, you know, a, a working class family like she came from and be intimidated by the royals because that's a whole other stratosphere of like, you know, family history and 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 sort of global status. I mean, there's a lot of reasons to be intimidated, but Megan could never let that show. And so her way of dealing with feeling inadequate and I'm not saying that she should have felt inadequate. These are just human beings. But I think she felt inadequate. And the way she tried to do that was to act like this really wasn't that big of a deal. So when she met Princess Kate for the first time, for example, she, you know, Princess Kate came to the cottage where Harry and Meghan were living and, or, or to where they were, no, to her apartment where she was living. And 
Megan, you know, was wearing ripped jeans and she was barefoot. Like, you know, it's no big deal. Like, you know, the princess is coming. I'm just, you know, I'm just me. And like, you know, normal people would go, oh my gosh, Princess Kate's coming over. I'm going to meet her for the first time. My, my hopefully soon to be sister-in-law, I'm going to put my best foot forward. I'm going to look, no, I'm going to make Kate uncomfortable because probably showing up in jeans and barefoot was a little bit like, wow. This is, this is not even royal. This is where anyone that shows up to meet their potential in-laws, I'm like, I'm going to look nice. Thank I'm you. I'm going to dress up. This is, was- her, this is her style of doing things. And so let, let me just quick go back to okay. Lilibet. I think she chose Lilibet because she thought that was like this formal, you know, Anglo-Saxon, you know, Elizabeth name. I'm going to, I'm, I'm so casual and like. LA cool. I just want a little bit. Okay. That's my theory on it. Tough, and I think it, it hurt the queen because it was actually very personal to her. We'll have more of this conversation after this. Since the 1970s, working class Americans and U.S. investors who saved wealth in dollars have seen the dollar lose over 80% of its purchasing power. In contrast, investors who diversified their cash into gold saw gold appreciate over 5,000%. For Americans who invested $50,000 in gold when America left the gold standard in the 70s, their gold is worth more than $2.5 million today. While gold carries no guarantees and past performance does not equal future results, investors who do their own research will see that gold's performance over this time span is what gold has consistently done in the face of eroding paper currencies. For over 15 years, St. Joseph Partners has built its business with a singular focus on helping investors diversify their wealth and protect their families in physical gold and silver you hold in your hand. Don't let your hard-earned savings go unhedged. Call St. Joseph Partners or go to our joint website, kitchengold.net, not .com. That is kitchengold.net and protect your wealth. My theory for not why Megan did it, but why the queen resented it is that there's been a lot of Elizabeths in British royal history, right? And fame, like Queen Elizabeth I was like one of the most famous royals in all of British history. But Lilibet is Queen Elizabeth II, Queen Elizabeth the one that we all know, right? And mm-hmm. she, she represented the preservation of of tradition in Britain, of the royal family in Britain in a time of modernism, actually a postmodernism. Lilibet, this now this this granddaughter Lilibet is being raised by the antithesis of that, right? Harry and Meghan have rejected oh. all of those traditions. They've rejected everything that the Queen stood for. She's actually they, her parents have disparaged the royal family so much that they've now been you know called racist and and colonialists and the worst things that you could call the royal family. Harry and Meghan have done. And so Lilibet's legacy as and what she stands for is sort of being thwarted because it's represented now by and carried on. The name is carried on now by a girl whose family is actively tearing down everything that the queen has spent Mm -hmm. her entire life preserving and protecting. That's, I think, why the queen was so especially uh, resentful of of young Lilibet taking her name and probably I don't think would have been had it been Princess Charlotte being called Lilibet instead, which is the daughter of William and Kate. Uh, So how dare you people who are trying to tear me down, take my name and my most personal iteration of my name. I, I, I would not. Yeah, I I think that's a really great assessment as well. Tear Tear down my life's work and then steal my name in the process. Yeah. Which leads me to the point that Harry's a punk, right? Mm. Um, 
and mm. he should. I mean, again, he, he came to this 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 uh, this marriage as a royal that he doesn't stand up, and I think I think it probably is Harry's weak in the in the marriage. Yeah, he doesn't um, exert himself, and listen, it's as as a man. It's okay to give up a lot of territory, and us men, we do that. We give up territory all the time. We're used to it. It's coming back to me. It might be making Marco. But there's some things that you just say no to, and you say, yeah, oh, "Listen, I'm sorry, we're not going to do that." Or if you want to do that, we're going to go talk to Grandma. We're going to go see her and go. Can we take this name? Um, and even the even the internal squabbling inside the family. Um, at some point, you have to go. You know what? I get it, but. How do we repair this? How do we remedy the rift we have in the family? Because this is important to me. It's not your family, but it is my family. And we're, we're dysfunctional. We have problems. So but they're the only family that I will have. And so be a man, Harry. Don't be a punk. And he hasn't been a man. He's been, you know, by this little ponytail, drug around you by Meghan Markle. You bring up a good point. They didn't ask the queen if they could name the child Lilibet because they knew she would say no. She would say maybe, maybe Elizabeth. Um, but not a little bit. That's interesting. And so they didn't ask because they knew she would say no. Instead, they did it anyway. And then when they got pushed back in the press for, for it and, and through leaks from the from Buckingham Palace, they knew that the queen would not put out a statement and further inflame them to deny um, what, what they were putting out there. And so she just let it be. And it, it really speaks a lot to the self-restraint to the stiff upper lip that that queen had that, like you said, Sean, this boy has been attacking and, 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 and Megan as well, but she still was trying to preserve the dignity of the office, the dignity of the monarchy and hold the family together. I don't think that King Charles has the same restraint or grace or sort of sort of grandmotherly heart. I think the other part that we're not we're missing is that she did have a special place for Harry in her heart. She loved Harry. And I think the things he did hurt her more all the more because of that. Can, can I jump in? Do you have something to say, Vitra? Can I jump in here? I can always talk crap about King Charles, but you go ahead, Dad. <laughs> so that's, we, that's I raised that girl right, Sean. We, so and as did I, which is going to go to my next point. So again, we started this conversation off about you know men trudging through the snow to see a football game, right, mm -hmm. and being distracted. And, and you mentioned this as we started this topic of, of circuses and bread, um, and. What, and again, I don't, I, 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 around our kitchen table, we talk about all kinds of things, but this is important as well. What is instructive? What do we learn from yes. this family? This is good gossip, right? It's good to philosophize about the, it might be delicious gossip, but this is worse than men trudging through the snow and watching a football game. It really is. And I, I agree, because you're hurting your own family. Well, no, it's, we're hurting America by talking about it, I think. Oh. <laughs> Is, is my point. We, no, no, we, no, no, no. This, I thought, this, no, this conversation. No, this conversation so, is about so, families. How should a family, forget that they're no, royal. How should a family no, handle this situation, Evita? Because, no, wait, because you, listen, you cannot, you cannot say a family can have an, a, 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 a conversation and a resolution because any other family is one scenario. This is a completely different scenario. And so. No, I think ultimately, you listen, you could be in a small, this is the part I disagreed with your analysis. You could be in a small town. You're not the royal family. 
But if you have a relative who's going off and talking shit about your family, um, it's hurtful. And, at the and, shop at, and it embarrasses. Yeah, yes, it's terrible. It's a it's terrible situation. Everyone's dealt with this. How do you deal with that family member that you love? Um, who's maybe married somebody who's really mean or who and, and has taken them off on a bad course or whatever. How do you deal with these family situations? That's what I think is ultimately interesting in this. It, yes, it brings it to another level, Evita, because they're the royal family, but ultimately it is a family. But there's no so lesson, go, go to in a second, but there's, there's, there's no lesson here because they haven't been able to navigate it. No, there's I know, but how could they have? Did the queen handle okay. it right? Yeah, okay. How is Charles going to handle it? All right, go, Evita. I one of the articles I'm most proud of writing at the Federalist because it was so fun to do was I believe it was five lessons that families can learn from Harry and Meghan's royal rift. And I love was, that article. Say the title again because people can go back to it. I believe it was five lessons that families can take away from Harry and Meghan's royal rift. I, I believe that what was what it was. Um, but but basically, there, I mean, there's a lot of problems in that family that's paralleled in everyone's families. I mean, why is Harry? so vindictive and angry and lost in his life his parents mm -hmm. didn't prioritize their marriage and had a, a really volatile relationship and got divorced and the kids were involved I mean, that people experience that all the time families get divorced there's volatility there's not putting your marriage ahead of other things in your life in a family the relationship of the mom and dad should always come first that's something that harry didn't have that that or or you know raising your kids on your own that's something that queen elizabeth didn't have which made her a really cold mom herself i mean there are generational issues in that family that we can learn from and say let's not be like that look at how disastrous it's gone for them i think they're worth talking about i i struggle with with one with one thing and it's that I love that the Queen represents tradition and the institution of the monarchy and really good things in British history but and 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 their culture but I also think that there's a new there's a new strain in the royal family now there's a new uh there's a new slant to it with King Charles, who's aligned himself with the World Economic Forum. He introduced the Great Reset. He's pushing for policies that are actively destroying regular mm -hmm. citizens and their livelihoods um, and, and just their ability. It's, I mean, it's gonna be modern serfdom. And the King of England is not a figurehead anymore. He's actually pushing for that against the will of his people. Britons are protesting and rioting in the streets over what the World Economic Forum uh, and other globalist mm -hmm. entities are doing to them. And King Charles is aligned with those globalist entities. So while I like that the Queen wanted to preserve tradition, if the British people said we're going to rise up and, and overthrow King Charles because of what he's 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 doing to our nation and our people right now, I would I would support that. I'd say let's go. But do I want to thwart the institution because of because of what Harry and Meghan think? No, I don't think those are good reasons. The, it's the, very, the reason it's a very it's good. very insightful, Evita. It's very insightful what you're saying that the King of England is reintroducing feudalism. Um, through through the vehicle of climate change um, yeah, into into America, modern day feudalism. There's no question that that's what the WEF, the World Economic Forum, he is their poster child. There's probably no um, public figure more associated with the World Economic Forum than Char King Charles himself. He has been a longtime member, longtime proponent of it. And yet, here's the irony of all of this: his hard stance, which is very different from the Queen's. Um, on Harry and Meghan is wildly popular. It's actually probably the only reason his poll numbers in England are are above water is because yes. the English people are united on one thing. They hate Harry and Meghan. 
They hate them viscerally. And if the, if the king has his pulse on anything, it's on that. The British tabloids hate them. The British people hate them. Um, liberals and conservatives are united. I have met, um, even at Fox News, there's not one. We have, we have multiple Brits um, who, who traverse through our Fox circles uh, family, our Fox family. All of them love, respect the queen. All of them 100% hate uh, Harry and Meghan. So the king is, I think, Harry, his, his, his hatred and his hardline stance on Harry and Meghan is sort of the Trojan horse um, that he's hiding in. Um, the, the true thing is that he is pushing, as you said, a globalist agenda that's also impacting us here, That um, it, it, and, and he's, he's ushering in a new feudal order. The new global order is actually a new feudal order where um, aristocrats like Charles um, so and maybe, Bill Gates so, will be so in charge. Maybe this is actually the true point so the the royal family really is the circus and they are the distraction for the real pain that charles is in, trying to inflict ah. on his people and on the world with this climate change green agenda and they're paying attention to the harry and Meghan and king charles and buckingham palace as opposed to going hey this guy is trying to take away our livelihood take away our freedom um and he calls himself a king I think that I think that's a, probably a better example of all of this. Anyway. Listen, I think this has been a fascinating conversation. So we had a couple other things planned, but we're going to have to move them because we just went so deep. So far. <laughs> so deep, so far on these two subjects. Um, uh, I, listen, this has been a super fun conversation, Avita. Thanks for bringing your insight. Always great stuff from you. Um, we'll have you back again next week um, no to, to dig into some more cultural topics. But um, uh, boy, what a great conversation. Yeah, Avita, thank you so much. We appreciate it. Stay warm in northern Wisconsin. It's cold. Um, Good chat with you too, Rachel, at the kitchen table. You do yeah. coffee in the morning, then a little conversation in the podcast at the kitchen table. Before we go, fun. can I just give my, just tip a hat one more time to Iowa? We call that a point of personal privilege, yes. Yeah, point of personal privilege. Is that what they say in the yeah, House of yes. Representatives? <laughs> I need to learn all these. Um, sometimes we'll have family meetings and Sean will go, will the, the lady of Wisconsin... Will the gentle lady from whoever. <laughs> from, will the gentle lady from Wisconsin, it's your turn to speak. Um... So, yeah, the, the points of order. I just want to say I have become a little bit cynical because of everything that is being done to undermine our vote in America. Uh, the last election left me depressed about, you know, election integrity in America. Um, all the things that are being done to make sure we can't vote, including taking mm. Donald Trump off the ballot. And yet on, in Iowa this past week, um, I, I, I have so much respect for how seriously these people took it, how they went out in that disgusting weather to that. to vote um and and they voted with their hearts and 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 discarding um what other people think of them whether it's joy reed or their democrat neighbors they voted what they what, what they thought would save america and and um i'm looking forward to new hampshire that point of personal privilege was used well thank you all right evita rachel Thank you all. Listen, thank you for joining us at the kitchen table. If you like our podcast, you can always rate, you can review, and most importantly, you could subscribe. You can always 
Find us wherever you get your podcast, but always at foxnewspodcast.com. If you subscribe, you will get a notice every time with, the, with information on, you know, what the topic is. You can decide whether you want to listen or not. And by the way, as we do Friday's uh, Q&A, so please send in your uh, your questions uh, that you have for us. You can find us on uh, social yeah, media. Yeah, DM me. I'll, I'll ask your question on, on Twitter. Or on the podcast. I mean, on the podcast. That's right. DM me on Twitter. Twitter. All right, everybody, have a good day. Bye-bye. Bye, everybody. Listen ad-free with a Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. And Amazon Prime members can listen to the show ad-free on the Amazon Music app. This is Jimmy Fallon, inviting you to join me for Fox Across America, where we'll discuss every single one of the Democrats' dumb ideas. Just kidding. It's only a three-hour show. Listen live at noon Eastern or get the podcast at foxacrossamerica.com.